Hey, what's up? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking Dragon Ball Evolution from 2009, directed by James Wong. I'm Joe Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Ozuru McGraw. Welcome to the Dumpster. Seven Dragon Balls must be found. For all men's fate will be bound to battle forces of death and fear and compel Shenlong to appear. already speaking my language, Connor. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Like, you guys are deep-rooted in Dragon Ball uh, mythos, and you guys are very big fans of the anime, and I'm going to come right out and say it. Like, I've only seen Frieza Saga. I've only seen Majin Buu Saga and and, and Cell Saga. That's what I remember. Um, So this movie has nothing to do with any of those things. Um, There are characters that I know, and there's characters that I don't know. So as far as the lore of Dragon Ball goes, um, I don't know what the fuck is supposed to be happening exactly. So... Um, this is going to be interesting. Doesn't matter. This is going to be interesting. They fuck it up in this movie big time. <laughs> they fuck it up in the first minute. Like, they fuck up fundamentals, like, people's basic origin stories. Like, what, like, like the basic step one function of that character, like, where they came from. Uh, I am, I am the odd man out on this episode, and I am reporting to you from the dumpsters specifically as a spectator to this film, and not, you know, a uh, fanboy or, or a fan of, or or, you know, it's completely neutral in terms of, like, this is a movie I'm watching, and am I having a good time? Did you have a good time? Uh, no, this movie fucking blows. Like, <laughs> so, so, all right, so let me run you down real quick. So, I don't know, I you know, I know Goku, and, um... I get, we'll get into, I'll get into some more questions, but like, I know Goku, I know, I know Bulma, I know Master Roshi, I know Piccolo, right? But the way this movie is just put together, just everything about it is shit. Like, from, from the humor that doesn't really land, that is obviously of Japanese influence, like, it, it, you know, there's a lot of like lost in translation shit that I see coming through in this, um, in terms of like humor and even like story and shit like that, but like, you know, on the whole, it's just a bad movie. Like it's a it's a poorly put together movie, and it's clearly some kind of cash grab because what? <laughs> it was big on tsunami. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the fun, the funny thing about that is like this movie came a decade after Dragon Ball was at its peak in the country, and a lot of people were like, "Okay, Dragon Ball's done. Like I don't have really have a reason to go back and revisit it. So like that chapter of my life is kind of closed." Uh, and then this movie comes out, and everyone's like, oh, God, including Akira Toriyama himself, who saw this movie and went, okay, apparently I'm not done with Dragon Ball, and I have to make something so that I, this isn't the last thing people remember of, of this story. And he made a far, 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 far superior film in Battle of the Gods, which which eventually spawned Dragon Ball Super. It was so successful. And Dragon Ball now is probably as successful as it's ever been. The Broly movie's out, and the Broly movie has made over $100 million at the box office. Whoa. I 
can't believe that a Dragon Ball Z movie made that much money and that people still care that much. Well, you have to keep in mind, Connor, that when Dragon Ball Super, which was basically a, a continuation of Dragon Ball Z, uh, a quote-unquote canonical following, whereas Dragon Ball GT that came out like in the late 90s after Z ended, <laughs> uh, was more of like a spin-off that you know Akira Toriyama didn't have any input in really other than maybe a couple character designs. Super, he created the main villain from the movie. Uh, he, Beerus, he's like this cat Egyptian dude and then they did a second movie where frieza comes back and he gets his golden form and you know a whole bunch of other shit happens in dragon ball super that by the end of that series it was just like a peak dragon ball it dragon ballness i guess i'll call it to the point where yeah like connor said they made this this new broly movie and for those that don't know broly was a basically a, a super or one of the more popular movie characters from the original uh run of movies that they did and uh, they, they basically put the Dragon Ball Super spin on it, which, you know, includes way higher power levels, new versions of Super Saiyan. They got the Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. Uh, they got Ultra Instinct. You know, it just goes fucking, it goes places, man. Yeah, it's also, it works as a nice retcon because Broly's original origin story was that he was mad that Goku cried next to him as a baby and he's annoyed by his existence. That's it. Yeah. Uh, people have died for less. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Now, now, Connor, I, I don't know your level of uh, attachment to this series, but I, I can speak for myself. I am Dragon, Dragon Ball as a whole is probably my number two anime slash manga series of all time, only behind One Piece. And that's saying a lot, dude. <laughs> it's it's. I've read it all. I fucking watched it all. GTZ, the original uh super i've seen most of the movies and uh unfortunately the, uh, add this one to the fucking list <laughs> i have spent money on lots of shovelware dragon ball games because i just like dragon ball and i like throwing money at that property um because a lot of those video games are terrible um oh i love this series of death um dragon ball the original run i'm less familiar with uh, Z, GT, and Super I'm very familiar with. The funny thing about that, Connor, is this movie actually predominantly pulls from the original uh, Dragon Ball, which for the uh, manga fans out there, all of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z was one series just called Dragon Ball in Japan. And then when uh, America got the rights to it, Viz broke it out into two things kind of to, 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 to pair with the anime series. Kind of like uh, for anyone that knows of Naruto, eventually they did Naruto. And then when he has a time skip, it's Naruto Shippuden. But it's all the same fucking series at the end of the day. Gotcha. This movie thinks it's pulling from Dragon Ball. And then like during the process is like, eh, and then stuck a finger up its nose. Yeah. <laughs> or up its ass. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> So the plot of this film is there is uh so so there there's a there's an old alien a Namek named Piccolo. Uh, an, uh, I have to stop you right there. A Namek. <laughs> let me get the, let me get this out and then we can go into they it. They fucking call him Namekians for I'm going to sound like such a fucking nerd doing this episode and I apologize ahead of time. This is like giving me flashbacks to Death Note. Oh no, I am too. And I don't care, because this movie deserves a thrashing, it deserves to be thrashing with information. Don't you dare apologize, this is gonna be fucking great, I can't wait. Yeah. This is fun, I, I, like, I need a, I need popcorn, because not only, like, people are listening to this right now, but I'm listening to you guys go on, and I'm like, this is gonna be fucking funny. So, alright, so the plot of this film, again, outside spectator view here. And I'm not really super familiar with Dragon Balls. I don't know what the fuck is supposed to happen. But anyway, so Piccolo is a Namek, an alien, and he his people uh, tried to destroy the Earth however many thousands of years ago. Um, and he was put away 
in a in by some kind of enchantment. We never really know what the fuck the enchantment is or how he gets out again, but he escapes again. <laughs> and him and his cohort uh Asaru, which is like this fucking man monkey thing, which I do know and I will get to that, um are going to he's going to resurrect him on the blood moon eclipse um and destroy the world. But he needs Seven Dragon Balls, for some odd reason. The actual purpose of the Dragon Balls changed like three times in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So so he so he needs the Dragon Balls. He, he needs to release Osaru. He's going to destroy the world. And wouldn't you know it, there's one kid who can stop him. Goku. A white motherfucking kid named Goku. And and yeah, that's, that's the basic plot of the film. So uh, would you like to know how many things about this just torch the source material? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Let's start, let's start uh, from the top here. All right, first of all, Piccolo uh, comes to Earth. And now, Sean, you want to fill in the blanks here. He comes to Earth in an attempt to become like the guardian of that planet? No. Okay, I did skip something then, because you're probably more familiar with Dragon Ball than I am. So, some of this stuff I don't want to go into until it's more film relevant, so I'm, I'm kind of going to just talk around certain things, just, just to keep the suspense going, I guess I'll say. Sure. But essentially, Piccolo, in, in the original story, was uh, uh, what they thought was a demon, and you find out much later uh, that he is actually an alien. Uh, but he, he comes to Earth, he crash lands on Earth to escape his planet of some kind of doom, and uh, he's this real evil motherfucker, but he's super powerful. And at some point, this great martial arts master sealed him in this, uh, in, in the fucking original, it was inside a rice cooker. It was a rice cooker. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I get why they didn't do that in this movie. It's a, it, it, there's, there's too much to explain to go into that. But uh, long story short, he was this bad, bad fucking dude that no one could beat. So they, they, they entrap him. And uh, much like this movie, he does escape. Uh, it's never fully explained in the original show either, although there is a secondary antagonist named uh, Pilaf, who is like a running gag kind of villain in the original Dragon ball who was always trying to get the dragon balls and he resurrects piccolo and uh kind of wants to use piccolo to uh advance his agenda and piccolo is just as like okay yeah i'm super powerful you're this peon weakling uh, i'm just gonna have you help me find the dragon balls and in the original he's looking for the dragon balls because he's really old and he's trying to re- restore his youth to regain his power ah yes at some point he does this is not relevant to this movie but i guess it should be mentioned at some point he does kind of split himself in two uh, forming a good part of himself that becomes Kami. Right, which which basically means God. Yeah, the evil half stays as King Piccolo, who then later on would birth uh, actual mainline Dragon Ball Z Piccolo that everyone's more familiar with. Uh, but that comes after uh, him and Goku fight. That's my Piccolo, Dragon Ball Z Piccolo. Yeah, my Piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so we open up the film, and um, there is a voiceover by Randall uh, Duke Kim. Am I saying that correctly? Duck Kim or Duke Kim? I'm not sure. Anyway, he's the voice of Master Ugwe from the Kung Fu Panda series, and I love those oh, movies. Shit. Oh, yeah. shit. And I'm like, this guy, this sounds fucking familiar, so I look it up, and there he is, Master Ugwe. Let me tell you how much I'd rather be watching fucking kung fu panda than this fucking movie <laughs> movie's entertaining it's awesome it's really good i love kung fu panda so he's just so he's just giving us the rundown of the film in the beginning about like what's about to happen and it's like and then there was goku and he, he's this story here you go so so we're introduced to goku sure played by justin chatwin from shameless because i'm sure that was the first person you'd think of when casting an asian superhero this is one of those things where it's like 
why you know you you have a white dude named Goku. Yeah, makes no sense. And it's like it's like I don't know. I it's just it's so hard to get on board with it. Like it's just so silly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to mention the movie when it, you know the first shot you see of this fucking guy is a close up on his eyes of him crying and sweat dripping down his nose. So he's practicing with his grandpa um on on like this wire thing. Okay. So so this whole sequence is kind of funny because. Um, it reminded me a lot of like the way the comedy and the way that like the old um, Japanese martial arts films were done, especially the fantasy ones like Drunken Wu-Tang and, and Crippled Masters and things like that. Um, so there's a, I mean, it's it's weird because th- there are inklings of, of that Japanese humor in there. And I just feel like to an American audience that this is trying to, I don't even know who the fuck this movie's for exactly. And it's just like, why is that? Why is that here? Like, why are we trying to, why are we trying to do that or trying to capture that? You know what I mean? Especially with Chow Yun Fat later. Like he's having a ball. Yeah. Oh my God. He's so bad in this fucking movie. I couldn't believe how bad he was. He was my favorite part. Which is, he was mine too, but it's not saying a whole lot because at the same time I'm like, this isn't really Master Roshi, but okay. No, not at all. But, um, you know, he was the best part of this film, I thought. Um, so, okay. So question number one for you guys was, Goku's grandfather named Gohan? Yes, he names his son after Grandpa Gohan. I did not know that. So it's it's Goku. Goku's been training with his grandfather, and he really doesn't know why he's been doing it. He's been teaching him airbending and chi. Is it called airbending in the fucking anime? <sighs> that was so weird. It is not fucking called airbending. It's never really given a former name. People need to just shoot fucking beams out of their hands and we've come to accept it. That's really all it is. I'm like, somebody's getting copyright infringement uh, paper served him because like what the fuck like that's specifically from another property like why are we talking about that they go on to even then say like oh the firebending fundamentals are air fire water I'm like this is an avatar what are you doing yeah that was unnecessary I mean honestly the whole thing with the the, the key blasts and all that shit is essentially explained as you basically channeling your energy or your chi or your key and, you know, forcing that energy in your body into a physical form. And it looks like shit. Yeah, it looks like mist or something. I described it as Gohan fires a blast of refreshing, tasty vanilla air at Goku's face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he calls it the Shadow Crane Strike. Sure. Okay, I guess. So, yeah, it's Goku's 18th birthday, and, you know, his grandfather's been training him. He doesn't really know why. The audience doesn't know why or could give a fucking shit because it's just kind of, like, fed to you. And Goku doesn't know why, and, and, and... it's just kind of plot specific, like for the film, like later, like, oh, yeah, well, that's why grandpa's been training me. I never questioned it, whatever. Um, but grandpa doesn't want Goku to beat people up. So he gets bullied a lot at school, um, especially when this fucking guy runs over his bike while he's still on it, practically. Yeah. Uh, what's this guy's name? Russell? I think it's Fuller. Flanders. I. It doesn't matter. Flash Thompson? Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. And it's just, you know, and then. And it's just like this cliche shit where it's like, oh, oh, would you say go, 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 dork, a uh, go geek? They're calling him Geeko, and it's this Geeko group of like they were like bullies that were plucked from other movies that had bullies who just hung in the background, and just kind of assembled in this little spot, and they're just complete pieces of shit. But 
again, it's just, it's cliche after cliche after cliche, and they're calling him the dumbest, most pedestrian names I've ever heard. Yeah, Biff and fucking Billy Zane are there. Yeah, and and then, like, I don't know, this fucking high school setting's bizarre. Yeah. Well, it's like future school. Oh my god, what fucking year is it? What is this world? Because it doesn't make any sense. None of it's consistent. That's the thing in Dragon Ball. Uh, It's one of actually the few things I feel like they... They don't nail, but they they kind of get close to it because in the original Dragon Ball, it, it everything is like future city. You know, there you know, there's there's still like farm towns and shit like that. Yeah, but technology is way more advanced than ours, and uh, I I kind of bought that. The world of Dragon Ball is weird. Like at some point, the president's a dog. Um, uh, who, he's just a blue dog who speaks, and he's the president of the world, I assume. Uh, and if you look at the map, it doesn't resemble anything from our reality. There's massive planes of just nothing and then cities sprinkled out and they all have dumb names like North, South, East, West City. If you don't know that, this is extremely confusing. Because you just go from location to location, you're like, nothing's syncing up, nothing looks visually consistent or tonally consistent, like, because in a few minutes, we're gonna go from his fucking high school to, like, what I assume is a third world country and I don't know where it is, they don't tell you what it's in relation to or where in the planet it's supposed to be. And then right after that, we go to fucking Mega City 1. I'm like, what is, what's going on here? And then the fucking house from Up is in the middle of nothing. And I'm like, what is... Uh, I had problems with that, too. Uh, Because it's supposed to be something else. Before Goku goes to school, there's this quick scene where after he's done, you know, training with the grandpa, bouncing around these fucking flubber strings... (laughs) He he basically talks to his grandpa, like Joe was saying, it's his 18th birthday, and... uh, his grandpa gives him his gift. Oh, yes. It's the four-star Dragon Ball, which is important uh, for later in the film, but it is also the same four-star Dragon Ball that, from the original series, Goku's grandpa had, uh, and, and Goku's always, you know, on the lookout for. You mean his Promethean orb? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> It's, isn't that the one that uh, goes on Gohan's hat yes, when he's a yes. uh, kid? Yeah. Okay. So it's more or less always in his family in the show. In oh, one way or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like on a little tassel. Okay. Right. It's like the way he remembers his grandpa is this Dragon Ball, this four-star ball. But yeah, he, he like you guys were talking about, he's at the school, and he's in class, and his, uh, his teacher's talking about this fucking solar eclipse. And this is the point in the movie, if it didn't already happen, where I just was like, did they ever pick up a copy of Dragon Ball and read what the fuck Goku is all about? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> He's sitting there staring at this girl who I just immediately am assuming is Chi-Chi. And at some point, he's daydreaming about her eating a fucking strawberry and I'm looking for Job. Cyborg <laughs> Man was in the back, dude. I-, I fucking wish Cyborg Man was there. He could have saved me from this nightmare. <laughs> he gets he gets machine gun and just falls into a desk. He 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 tried to stop the Namex the first time, failed. <laughs> he was the original protector. He did the original Mafuba. <laughs> Goku in the the original, like he's just this fucking like half wit type character. Like I was talking to Connor before we started recording, and the closest like American stereotype that we could think of is like Homer Simpson esque. <laughs> Yes. He's a well-meaning idiot who is really good at fighting and bad at everything else. And he loves to eat, right? He loves to eat and fight, and that is it. He doesn't know about women. He doesn't understand them. In fact, there's a part in the original Dragon Ball where he pulls off Bulma's panties because he wants to rest his head on it like he used to do with his grandfather's balls because it was a nice pillow, and he's confused as to why she doesn't have any. (laughs) (laughs) This is how stupid he is. Holy shit, I need to watch this shit. And at some point in the original series, he's like walking up just patting people in the crotch. He's like, you're not like me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, like, the fact that in this movie it just starts with one Goku being bullied, which is just mind-boggling to me because he just, the, the actual character would not put up with this shit. Secondly, that he is just, like, infatuated with this woman. Whereas in the original, he just has no fucking clue that this woman's infatuated with him. He's just kind of rolling with it. Chi-Chi essentially snares him and never lets him go. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, and, and to give you a little bit more context to Joe and, and people that don't know this uh, material as well, Chi-Chi essentially in the in the source material eventually becomes Goku's wife. And she's like she's like the strongest woman on earth too. <laughs> right. And then um and then we go to feudal Japan? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck this was supposed to be. <laughs> see see that's that again this is that time thing cuz I'm like what fucking year is it? Cuz this is like Edo era fucking Japan. And then Ada Wong shows up looking for a fucking Dragon Ball. Oh my god. The first of many people with a boob window? Oh yeah. They show fucking Piccolo in this this really badly fucking rendered uh airship. He's flying slave one. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that. They don't even say how he escaped from this fucking concealment or imprisonment. He just appears and has a ship. I'm like, where did you come from and how did you get that? Like, they don't they don't say anything or show you anything. He's just there. And he's got four of the seven Dragon Balls pretty much already. Oh, yeah. Don't be, We're not going to concern you with the uh, semantics of, of this journey. It's already done with. Who cares? He's got this, like, energy blast in his hand. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, wow, he's got a Dragon Ball in his hand. And he just, like, points at the ground. And just, it's like, oh, wait, no, that's a key blast. And it's just, like, this really bad, like, After Effects 101 kind of effect. And I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? Ugh. It, lo- it looks like shit. And every I love how everybody's got, like, special color key. Like, of course, he's got, like, dark red because he's, like, a fucking dark elf or whatever. He's not a Namek. What is this fucking Star Wars? Well, I mean, it's fine on paper, but then, I don't know, the color choice is weird because... It's just, it's also adding to my extreme dislike for how everyone's powers are displayed in this movie. Oh, he, his is blue. It's a good guy. I'm a, I'm a dumb baby and I'm supposed to sit here and clap at this movie. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> no, sir, that's, I, I got the impression of this movie that this basically was like, here's a thing you recognize. Don't you like it? You read that stupid book? Now clap your hands like a dumb baby until the movie's over. Well, I did read before this movie was made, the writer of the film actually just did this fucking straight up for a paycheck and years later he had to come out and apologize for it because he got so many death threats uh, here's the thing you shouldn't try to kill someone over dragon ball it's really not worth it um that being said his apology is really backhanded and it makes him seem very insincere and kind of more of a douchebag um when you come out and you and you like apologize for something and say oh yeah well i was just doing it for a paycheck like dude there's something called like pride and you know, you must not not have any of it because you didn't even fucking try. You know, fine, write a draft of this film, but, like, did you have to make it fucking garbage? Like, I don't get it. It's one of the worst apologies. Like, Joel Schumacher's apology is more sincere than this dude's. (laughs) I didn't know Joel Schumacher gave one. Oh, the Batman and Robin commentary track is just 90 minutes of him going, I am so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know how this all came to be. I made a bad movie. Yeah, because he was on fucking coke or some shit. Like, <laughs> don't don't give me that shit. That, that's not, I guess, what I'm saying. Like, they know what the fuck they're doing when they're doing it. And then I guess we'll just gloss over this now, too. Um, when this was in production, Akira Toriyama himself 
tried offering input, and according to him, he was uh, rejected and ignored at every turn and uh, essentially had nothing to do with the final product. The kicker here is it's not easy to make a movie, so you're just wasting everybody's time. Yep, and one of the things he says is interesting. He says, every time I spoke to them, they kept telling me they didn't need me, and they had a strange confidence about how this would turn out. I'm like, that's a really polite way of saying they were arrogant dicks. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, Piccolo, he fires this fucking beam into the earth, and then cut, and this village is just totally destroyed, and people are running for their lives. And, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, assassin woman shows up you guys were talking about. Ada Wong. Her name is Mai, and I believe, isn't she Pilaf's, uh, like, uh, henchwoman in Dragon Ball? Yeah, one of his goons, yeah. Yeah, and none of that is, a. Uh, even reference here she i don't even no one names her explicitly in, in this movie no. she just appears uh no one ever says why she's there or how she gets there and then later on she just kind of leaves the movie and you never find out who she actually is if they throw it i sure as shit didn't catch it because i was i was looking for it well piccolo has about four lines in the entire movie and not one of them is her name so i don't think it's said james marsters by the way fucking spike himself from fucking buffy the vampire slayer and let me tell you something this guy's not a bad actor he he just drew the fucking short straw on this role. I gotta tell you something. Yeah, and conceptually and visually, Piccolo looks like shit. He's got this weird fucking, like, action figure armor on. He wears a fucking hood for most of the movie. Yeah, he doesn't have his tentacles up. They're embedded into his forehead, and his color is not green. Again, he looks like a fucking dark elf. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and not a very good one either. No, like the reject, the the background one that like you know that they don't do a real good job on, just to like fill out the scene. Right, right. So yeah, my takes this. She just shoots some villager and takes a Dragon Ball. This is right there. She finds it effortlessly. Yeah. Um. All, all, again, though, like Dragon Balls are in like. As as powerful as they are, they seem to be in, like, fucking ten miles of each other. Every single Dragon Ball in this movie is found without as much as, a, like, no one works for anything. You're no. like, we have to go here. I found a Dragon Ball. And they go somewhere else and they go, I found a Dragon Ball. I'm like, these things are just lying around. You don't have to look anywhere. They're on the same, like, ten block radius. As luck would have it, there's a Dragon Ball nearby. Let's go get it. Here's a question I have for both of you guys. Do you know how they found these Dragon Balls? Does anybody understand how? Does Piccolo just able to sense some fucking fucking dormant energy in these because he's sure as hell is just fucking stumbling into them they leave all of piccolo's like motivations ambitions and methods completely in the dark his thing is summed up as he his race of people came to destroy the earth and for whatever reason he was like the only one left and they locked him away and then he's coming back to rule the earth that's it. It's just weird. I, I, eventually, the you know, some reason is given to how they're able to track these, specifically Goku's group. But, like, Piccolo, I just, I, I, I don't buy that at all. Even for the stupidity this movie's trying to shovel down my throat. Maybe fucking Boba Fett had a tracker. I mean, he is one of the best <laughs> bounty hunters. Is he just off screen feeding them lines? Maybe he's got a fucking DBE meter on his on the fucking Slave 1. Oh, God, fuck me. Right in the back of his jetpack. <laughs> He's no good to me, dead. We go back to the high school. Chi-Chi's trying to open this, like, high-tech locker that everyone has. And for some reason, she can't open it. And then everyone just leaves her in the hallway for some reason to try to open this locker. Uh, and then Goku, being creepy, hangs out from, like, another side of a hallway and just, like, blasts a Kai blast down the hallway, opening every single locker. And then he awkwardly runs away. And then she chases him down the hallway and says, Hey, you're Goku, right? Yup, that's me. Hey, that was Chi, right? Yep, sure was. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like Chi, too. Oh, really? You're a Chi fighter? Well, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. Want to come to my party? Sure. 
cut. That's the fucking scene. Chi-Chi's characterization is really bizarre. It kind of reminded me of Jessica Alba from Idle Hands. Yes. She apparently has a boyfriend. She's dating one of these boys. But then sees Goku, she's like, hi. I got a big problem with Chi-Chi, okay? So remember that guy that we were just talking about that wrote, drove over his fucking uh, Goku's bike? Yeah, she's dating that guy. And then, like, later she's like... Ah, you know, nobody understands me, and I, I, I like, I like different people, and I'm like, yeah, well, you're like the most basic fucking bitch in the world because you're just like, yeah, uh, I like the hot jock guy with the nice car. Yeah, pretty much. Well, then you cut to, uh, to Goku's house, and uh, his fucking grandpa is making this disgusting fucking fried chicken feet. Oh, I'm with it, man. I'm with it. I want some of it. It looks so good. Goku's fixing his hair. He puts gel in it, and then the joke is, oh, it springs right back up, and it cuts back to Grandpa Gohan literally sucking on these chicken toes. <laughs> Like, he's fucking getting turned on by it. He's so excited, and there's no chickens, so he had to kill a bunch of squab and, and barbecue them, and they look fucking delicious. I, my mouth was watering. I don't know about you. I will say, Randall uh, Duck Kim is probably the only actor in this movie who looks like he's having a blast every time he's on screen. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I wish I could hang out with him, or, like, have, like, a Japanese grandpa that made me all that food. Um, I wish I could go hang out with him and share this birthday cake for his fucking ungrateful shithead of a, of a grandson, who just leaves and not doesn't tell him for some reason i don't know why he wouldn't tell him yeah so okay so so goku gets invited to chi chi's house like we just said um for her for her party her house in malibu like <laughs> we'll we'll get to that fucking shit <laughs> yeah so so grandpa gohan's making his favorite food and, and a cake and shit and goku like gets ready and like right before he leaves he grabs the dragon ball and just fucking bounces and then poor fucking grandpa gohan is standing at the bottom and says like oh goku happy birthday buddy here's a cake i made and then he's like goku oh he just fucking leaves without like telling him where he's going what kind of fucking bullshit is that here's my thing though can't grandpa gohan sense his fucking key doesn't he know he left yeah and it's also that thing where it's like you know you spent 18 years of your life with your grandfather specifically for your birthday at like this particular time you know what i mean like why yeah like i don't know he's pretty close to him why would he just like fuck him over like that well because this is movie goku and he doesn't follow any logic or anything compared to the original character he just makes it up as he fucking goes along it's fucking stupid and he's also inconsistently both dumb and resourceful yeah exactly that's why again i couldn't get a read on him either because i'm like it, you know ugh. He's just very poorly written, let's put it that way. He is a stone block with a face, and that's essentially his role in this movie. He's like a piece of wood that's just drifting down the river, like... Boom, boom. So he gets to fucking Chi-Chi's house, and my goodness, like... <laughs> you know the mansion that fucking Ace Ventura goes to in the first movie? Yeah. It's like, it's like that, kinda. It's like, the, it's this giant fucking estate. And I'm like where does this woman live? And it's not in the futuristic city either. It's in, like, some kind of fucking castle. Let me give you another lore dump. Okay, here we go. It doesn't matter, because it's never, uh, they never go down this fucking road in this movie, but in the original, her father is this guy called the Ox King, and he was trained by Master Roshi, or Muten Roshi. Oh. And, uh, he actually lived in a fucking castle that had flames surrounding it, and they could not get into the castle. And uh, long story short, uh, Master Roshi comes in, and he gets super buff, and he Kamehameha's the fucking fireway and blows their house up in the process. I wish that happened in the movie. And honestly, I'm probably, you know, I have a habit of doing this on this show, but I'm probably giving them too much credit. But that's the only way I could fucking make it through this movie is trying to connect the dots. No, I like that. I like that you brought that up because it's enlightening. Just, just, just scraping for answers. <laughs> yeah. But 
the fucking the point of the scene isn't to do any particularly particular storytelling. It's just Goku showing up to this fucking house and uh band o douchebags are outside of course and they're like or just outside as if they're waiting for him like they're all gathered yeah. at the end of this fucking driveway like what do you want they're smoking pot or something it doesn't look like it let's be real these guys are doing like ecstasy or like snoring coke or something oh it's definitely doing cocaine doing roids or some kind of fuck something fucked up crushing up fucking valiums or something snorting it talking about their dads who own car dealerships so Goku rolls up and he's like he's like hey guys uh, I'm just here for the party don't want no trouble and he's like Get what brother fucking trouble found you now get the fuck out of here and he's like i promised grandpa i wouldn't fight anybody and he's like it, well you ain't gonna be a fight gonna be a massacre and then this scene's kind of cool in a vacuum where like goku is so well trained that these guys end up beating the shit out of themselves because like goku dodges all their hits and shit it is well choreographed yeah i kind of i kind of think that again like in a vacuum this scene's kind of fun uh to see the bullies beat the shit out of themselves oh yeah apparently these these bullies are also like amateur kung fu uh, uh fighters too at some point one of them just throws a full fucking jump kick at Coke. yeah and then kicks the other guy in the fucking face hey guys remember devon's ghost <laughs> where people just knew karate you don't know karate weird oh cool man good good thing because we're gonna about to fight yeah and there's lots of weird slow-mo shots oh slow-mo out the ass at some point uh carrie fuller steps outside and picks up like i don't know a fucking fire poker or some shit yeah like a fucking cast iron rod or some shit and he's about to fucking beat this dude's face in with it anyway goku fucking is like hey uh what are you gonna do with that and then uh you know dodges his hits and and he ends up like beating the shit out of his like car his nice car like smashing the windshield and like hitting the mirror off then there's one part where like goku like slides across the top of the car on his head on his head what the fuck and there's like a squeaky sound and I'm like what the fuck was that what happened he's just cartwheeling over this guy on this car and this guy is just sensibly beating up his own vehicle after like three or four unintended shots i'm like turn around yeah <laughs> take the fight somewhere else so then some other dude grabs like a piece of rebarb and then like they go they both go to hit goku and they fucking end up smacking each other in the face and like the leg and they're all beat to shit presumably killing or crippling each other and then fucking goku rolls up the chi chi's like hey what's up babe and she's like oh you turn me on because you know how to fight and so do i come on in i want to talk to you about something so they go in the fucking mansion the fucking party just continues on as if nothing happened yeah like oh that was cool good job it just cuts to them like sequestered away from all the activity in some like random part of the house yeah and they're just but like again this is uh, i have a problem with this because you know it's just nothing like this is all happening for like the next 20 minutes and just it, it it's not perpetuating the story he goes inside and he talks to chi chi and she says something like oh i know you can you can fight and i know you're chi and like I got a secret, but I'm not ready to tell you about it yet. And I like weird guys like you, but I date the assholes for whatever reason, question mark. But, and then, like, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's so great to come to your party tonight, especially on my birthday. She's like, it's your birthday? He's like, yeah, I'm 18, and, uh, you know, my I, I train with my grandpa, and... uh uh, Grandpa said something special is going to happen when I turn 18. Which is today. Did I mention that? And Chi-Chi goes, your balls are going to drop? You're going to make love to a woman? No, I'm going to turn into a fucking monkey beast. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> Joe, how much did you know about that going into this? Me? Yeah. I 
I was familiar with the fact that Saiyans have tails and do transform under certain circumstances. So did you know about the full moon factoring into that? Yes. So can you imagine my my annoyance <laughs> as every time they show the full moon, I'm sitting there saying, oh, shit, are they, are they really doing this right now? And then they don't. I didn't even put that together. They fucking tease this shit out all the way up until the last fucking 10 minutes of the movie. Ugh, and it's awful. It's terrible. Um, It's not a monkey, I can tell you that much. So Goku's having this really forced, awkward conversation with Chi-Chi, and suddenly he's like, Grandpa, and just leaves. Yeah. (laughs) Something's wrong with Grandpa, my Dragon Ball's glowing, bye, and then uh, he just leaves. What the fuck was that about? I don't know. He fucks right off home. So so Piccolo and fucking Ada Wong kick down fucking Grandpa Gohan's door while he's chewing on some fucking chicken feet, and he's like, I knew you'd come. And, um, you know, Ada Wong throws some fucking throwing stars at him and he, like, dodges him. And then Piccolo comes in and, like, uh, is this a power Piccolo has in the fucking anime or the manga? Because, like, he fucking, he does this thing with his hand where he, like, crushes something. And I guess he's crushing the house. Um, because the house, like, breaks and collapses and he, like, leaves. Yeah, it's some weird psychic power, but the people, people spontaneously grow new abilities in Dragon Ball Z seemingly overnight. Like, Goku goes there and planning, he's like, by the way, I can teleport now and I can read your mind. And no one's ever, you're never shown him learning these abilities. I don't remember any instance of him ever doing anything like this in the show. At the most, he might have used telekinesis to blow someone's fucking head up, but never just randomly used the fucking force to destroy a house. Yeah, he never Kylo Ren someone's house. He fucking force chokes the house and fucking brings it down on old man Gohan. But anyway, the fucking ball's not there and they leave and Gohan is in a pile of rubble. Goku's got a bad feeling about Gramps. He goes home, pulls his grandfather out of the wreckage and he's like, what's going on, Gramps? What happened? He's like, Piccolo's back. Good night. And he dies. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I'm gonna, he's like, he's like, fine, chow young fat. And uh, he's gonna tell you some shit or something and then uh he's like it's like cut to morning and he's like walking through the house that's like half collapsed and there's like a gag here for no reason where like he goes up into his room and like throw like his room is gone and he like throws his jacket down to like the second floor and then he sees somebody like run into the house so goku goes downstairs like in fight mode in like one of the dumbest like fighting poses ever uh this chick fucking pulls a gun on him and wouldn't you know it, it's Bulma. It's not Bulma. Fuck this movie. Also, she doesn't have her blue hair, and I read re- the reason why. They said, uh, having all blue hair is unrealistic. Just put a streak in there. Um, do... In about five minutes... <laughs> We're going to be fucking doing all kinds of wacky shit, and that's not realistic. Yeah. This is where, this is blows my fucking mind with this shit. Again, like we were talking before with the Raimi thing and fucking Green Goblin not being able to wear prosthetics because a man, because he's supposed to be wearing a mask, and that's not, that's not realistic, even though we have a fucking spider guy that shoots fucking webs out of his wrists, asshole. I don't understand the logic here. So, Bomo walks in, draws a gun on Goku, and says, where's my Prothean orb, at which point I threw my notebook across the fucking room, 
uh, because at this point, I don't know what anyone's doing. I don't I don't know what the purpose of having someone rename the Dragon Balls are. In this universe, everyone should know what the fucking Dragon Balls are. Well, to be fair, the, the, no one really knows what the fuck the Dragon Balls are, except for a very select group of people that are related to Goku. Yeah, there are interested parties who are pretty knowledgeable of what they are and what they do. Not the whole, I wouldn't say the whole world knows what they are, but the people who are aware of them know what they are, and they're, they know exactly what they're capable of. We're talking about somebody who was previously in possession of one. And I feel like if you own one, you know what the fuck it is. Yeah, that, that, basically this is just James Wan's fucking spin on, on the first chapter of Dragon Ball where Goku and Bulma meet. And it's just very poorly done. Shocker. Anyway, she like works. She, her dad owns the biggest crazy like um she he basically runs fucking umbrella lab and in in the movie it does it reminded me so much of the fucking uh because the the laser scene in in the in the first resident evil movie yes, the fucking chamber that the dragon ball is supposedly stored in we're only a couple years off of that man basically her father owns this corporation called capsule corporation and, and they never really go into it in the movie but in the original series it's it's basically you know the lead fucking technology company in the world capsule corp is acme okay they make everything their their fingerprints are all over the show in one with the other everything comes in these little capsules capsule corp um and they store basically anything oh vehicles clothes food whatever like entire uh, uh, like houses can be uh stored into a capsule so this explains that stupid fucking atv she has oh Oh, yeah. Yes, and like in the in the show, Bulma and her whole family are fucking rich as shit, and her dad just makes spaceships like because he's bored. Okay, so Bulma's like, yeah, the, f- the fucking Ada Wong broke in and stole my Dragon Ball, and I'm here to find it, and you have it. And I'm like, what? How how did that happen? How do how does? And in the flashback, it shows Bulma looking directly at Mai and knowing she's the one who took it. Yeah. And then she gets there, and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I have a Dragon Ball, not a Prophium Orb, or whatever the fuck it is. There's, like, a back and forth between Goku and Bulma about the Dragon Balls, and he's and she's like, no, it's a fucking Prophium Orb, and there's five fucking stars in it. And he's like, yeah, well, hey, stupid, this one's got four in it. And she's like, really? And he's like, yep, look at it. And she's like, oh, I almost killed you, sorry. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who wrote this shit? And then she's like, by the way, I have this thing. It finds Dragon Balls. Let's go find them. Bye. My DBE meter, my Dragon Ball energy meter. Harold Ramis wants his money. Oh, my God. Yes, he sure does. This is the substitute for the Dragon Ball radar in the show, which it, it just it's just there. There's no real higher purpose for it. And, and for some reason, they had to make it look like a fucking Power Rangers device, for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah, and they had to change the name, of course. You couldn't just call it the Dragon Ball radar because that's far too simplistic, I suppose. Well, to be fair, Connor, she didn't know they were called Dragon Balls, although the second he explains to them... To- the second he explains to Bulma that they're called Dragon Balls, she's suddenly just allowing that word to roll off her lips with no aversion. She just keeps calling it Dragon Balls from that point out. Like, okay, well, that's... Okay, it's a Dragon Ball? Okay. Like, you just met this fucking whoever guy who has one. Like, okay, like you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and apparently she, like, invented this device. She has a PhD in applied dynamics? And a minor in hand-to-hand combat or some shit? Yeah, military technology or some shit. Some horse shit. So she invented the fucking Dragon Ball finder or whatever for whatever reason. Like, she lost it or some shit. Yeah, because her whole thing is, like, in the movie, she's saying, oh, you know, I'm going to get rich off this. I'm going to find the rest of these things and create an unlimited energy source and get famous and rich off it. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're already fucking rich, lady. Like, what are you talking about? You don't need more money. No, and she specifically wants to use the Dragon Balls not to make a 
wish, but to use them as an unlimited energy source. Right. Yeah, because first it's, we need the Dragon Balls to stop Piccolo. Okay, why? What are you going to do? You wish him into non-existence, and then Piccolo needs the Dragon Balls to wish back Ozuru. Okay, he really doesn't when you finally come to that point, but we'll get to that later. And then this one wants to use them for uh, endless amounts of energy, and they can also grant wishes, and at some points people just forget the one thing they've already mentioned and then apply a different meaning to them. So Bulma, somehow through this conversation, uh, Goku convinces her that they need to work together to find the rest of the Dragon Balls, and he's got to go meet this guy, Master Roshi. So they go to leave, and as we were kind of referencing earlier, Bulma pulls out her fucking Hoi Poi capsule, if you even want to call it that, and instead of like clicking this button on this little capsule and throwing it, she just places this little transformer on the ground, and she fucking it transforms into this really poorly CG'd bike, I guess. It looks like a fucking Power Wheels, man. It's like a trike or some shit. Listen, I, I don't expect them to, you know, obviously, you know, this movie sucks no, no matter what you look at it, and I don't expect them to nail the fucking art style that Toriyama did. No. But could you come a little close at least? I don't know. <sighs> oh, there's there's no effort in this movie ex- unless, like, there's one thing. And you can tell how stupidly proud they were of this, and that's his fucking gi towards the end. Look at that. Nice. Remember the show? Okay. Also, like, all of these shots of them driving are fucking atrocious. Like, you want to talk about bad green screen and bad, like, digital effects? Holy shit. And you better get used to seeing it because this is the transition for the next 40 minutes of this movie. Most of the rest of this movie is them driving through the fu- a fucking desert. Seemingly in the same direction every single time. <laughs> yep. Is that another homage to the original? Because they don't really do it justice. Again, shocking. I know. They have to go find Roshi and they go to, as Joe said, they go to Mega City One, or this like actually, it looks like fucking, uh, like it looks like something out of Halo, like the ODST uh, opening levels. It's yeah, this kinda. weird, sleek Blade Runner looking city. Um, and they have I can't remember the exchange they have here, but it was it's it's went in my head and out the other side. I'll tell you what it was. It was there's a there's a Dragon Ball close by. Let's go get it. That's how they get to this house. Like, yeah, Goku Goku needs to find Master... Oh, my. Like, Goku needs to find Master Roshi, but the reason that they end up at this fucking house is because Bulma's like, I my fucking DBE mate is going crazy. Let's go to this fucking house. And he's like, you can't... You can't just break into there, and then they fucking break into Sirius Black's fucking hidden uh, uh, abode. Okay, this is supposed to be something, believe it or not. All right, hit, hit me with it. The basics of it is pretty simple. That's supposed to be Kame House, where Master Roshi lives, which in the show is this tiny fucking island that houses a tiny fucking house in the middle of the ocean. And that's pretty much, that's like a primary meeting point where uh, for characters in this show. They all kind of convene there for various reasons. Yeah, so I guess their compromise was, hey, it's a big tech city. Let's just have this one that's kind of like separated on on an alcove in this old building. Let's have the house from Full House sitting on the middle of this landmass <laughs> in the middle of this fucking reservoir. The entirety around it is just like it was blown out. Like everything exploded around the house and just left a crater except for the house. Yeah, it looks like it's being demolished and everyone just kind of went off for lunch yeah so they they go into his fucking house they start looking around for stuff uh and then we cut to a doesn't there some stupid scene where goku is causing too much noise and then does this weird fucking tippy toe balancing move to catch like a bean yeah pretty much yeah and then roshi hears it anyway and jumps out of his hammock and then just (laughs) starts going crazy old man on these people um i'm with it okay so this is chow yun fat's whole thing and he plays master roshi and like I don't know, like, I'm with it. There's He does, like, little things. I know it's not your guy's Master Roshi, but, like, 
he does little things that are like kind of akin to what he does. And I don't know. He's playing like kind of like funny old Japanese guy. I don't know. I I, I was okay with it. Yeah, I like Chow Yun Fat, so he's fine here, I suppose. It's he's just kind of being himself. He's not really being Master Roshi unless someone's kind of waving a, a naughty bag at his face and he's like <laughs> <laughs> So Roshi fights Goku? Yeah. Yeah, and they do like the fast fist thing from the from the anime, and it looks like fucking shit garbage. Oh my goodness. No wonder why they didn't they never did it again throughout the rest of the film, because <laughs> it's fucking bad. And then Goku goes to do the what was it, Shadow Crane? Yeah, the cat the Shadow Crane strike. He jumps in the air and goes to fire a vanilla flavored Kai blast at uh, Master Roshi, uh, and then he just kind of sidesteps it, and it just blasts Bulma in the chest and setting her through a fucking table. And she's fine. That's not like a playful hit, right? That's like something to like bust somebody's ass pretty good. It knocked her through one room into the next one and through a piece of wood. I forget like what exactly breaks up the fight. I think Bulma breaks up the fight or whatever, and then he's like. Oh, you're Goku. Oh, no, that's what it was. He's like, he's like, there's only one person on Earth that can do the fucking squatting crane thing, and that's Gohan, so you must be trained. And he's like, you know Gohan? He's like, I trained him. And I'm like, he's older than you are. What are you talking about? <laughs> which which doesn't really work, you know, so well in the movie, but the joke in the original series was that Master Roshi, I forget the context of it, but he's a fucking immortal. Yeah. And, uh... He's just this really old dude who just trains people, and he's been doing it for hundreds of years. Gotcha. And 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 one of the commandments of Dragon Ball is, "Thou shalt not fuck with Master Roshi," because when people make him fight, he is godly. <laughs> he's actually ripped under that stupid Hawaiian shirt he wears. <laughs> it's fucking amazing, and he's like he's the master of the Kamehameha. And every time they've made him like show his hand, he destroys somebody. So then uh, he's like, "Oh, you're Goku," and he's like, "Yup." And he's like, "All right, uh, what are you doing?" He's like, "Well, we're gonna we're collecting all the Dragon Balls for reasons. Um, we want to know if you had one." And he's like, "Well, sure do. Here you go." And he fucking rummages through so his fucking chest full of nudie mags and garbage, and it's at like the bottom of it. And uh, also a weird thing is like whenever Goku put Lace's hand on a Dragon Ball besides the four star one he gets like a little piece of like a flashback or or a future uh flash oh these are so bizarre yeah and I'm like what is happening like is he and I'm thinking to myself like oh shit he's gonna like go like crazy saiyan fucking monkey thing and like rip somebody apart or is piccolo a fucking saiyan in this fucking stupid movie or what are we trying to say here they're trying to say that judgment day is going to happen and that uh the ozaru is going to kill linda hamilton when she grabs the fence (laughs) i don't fucking know i don't know what they're doing with this there's also like a quick scene where they talk about how gohan's dead and there used to be this fucking poem that he was taught on how about shenlon and and master roshi she basically reiterates it. Is this from the source material? This little no. chant? Okay. Uh, in the original, uh, there is a a, uh, a a phrase you need to use, and it, it's I, I don't know. Don't quote me on, it, but it's, it's something as simple as Shenlan, I call upon you, or you know something real basic. But you have to use it. Uh, they call it like a password, I want to say, but it's not the super involved poem with all this fucking martial art f- poses you got to do to make it happen. Why wouldn't they just do that? That's so much cooler than seven Dragon Balls must be found for all men's fate will be bound. <sighs> I don't know. And then there's like fucking three other lines that I didn't bother to write down. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Show me the location of a Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, and then fucking Pina Colada starts playing. <laughs> 
so Roshi goes into the same fucking story that we heard at the beginning of the movie about the fucking eclipse and all this shit. Um, and then the plan from there is to collect the rest of the Dragon Balls because Roshi's like, yeah, if we get the rest of the Dragon Balls, we can stop Piccolo. And it's like, okay, but Piccolo has four of the seven fucking Dragon Balls already. The most you can do is act as a preventative action, that's it. Right, like, and I'm thinking, like, okay, just keep him away from Piccolo, wait till the fucking eclipse passes, and you're good, right? And here's my thought, you know, why doesn't somebody try to destroy at least one of these things, just to see what's gonna happen? Well, that too, and it's like, uh, again, like, either hide it or try to destroy it, like, but they go right, they go right to him with... (laughs) it you know what i mean like what i mean you get this quick scene too like as they're they're making their plans it goes back you know just oh remember piccolo they show him momentarily as and he just finds a dragon ball <laughs> yeah he, he goes all fucking rain from mortal Kombat, and he pulls all the water out of an ocean or some shit he drains a fucking lake with the slave one he fucking floats down and he's just going to his fucking cohort he's like yeah it's easier to find without all this water and he <laughs> like reaches into a hole and pulls it out it's like okay and then cut like that's the scene you have them basically they they leave this fucking, for lack of a better term, poor man's commie house, or I'll even call it Sirius Black's fucking house, but that's even a goddamn crime to call it that. Yeah, well, fucking Creature was holding on to the Dragon Ball. Oh, God. I'd watch that movie in a heartbeat. Stab somebody with a fork. Uh. <laughs> Holy shit. So so Master Roshi comes out, and he's got all his fucking luggage, all 3,000 pounds of it, and he throws it in the back of the fucking Jeep, or the motorcycle, and, uh... He's like, uh, actually, uh, Goku, you need to just carry that, because remember in the original source material where I had you wear this heavy turtle on your back, this turtle shell, and you ran around and did chores? Yeah, it's kind of like that, but not really. Yeah, with none of the context. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. Like, I was like, okay, so what? Like, Goku's supposed to be, like, super strong fighter guy and, like, obviously superhuman, and, like, that's why he's carrying all the shit and running alongside the fucking quad? Is that what we're doing? Because in the original Dragon Ball, they, they at least the, the original run, pretty much all the way up until Z starts, they have this whole thing about how, oh... You know, if you if you're wearing weighted clothing or you wear this heavy turtle shell, when you take it off, you'll not only feel lighter but you'll be lighter. You know, I, there's some of it in Dragon Ball Z, but it's predominantly a Dragon Ball vanilla, I guess I'll call it thing. Yeah, weighted clothing loses its meaning in the first like third of the Frieza saga, and then everyone just forgets about it. I did. <laughs> so is this where they find the um the super secret isolated place that Roshi goes to train by himself that's suddenly full of people? Explain this to me. This scene is so fucking bizarre because it feels like they showed up and then said. Oh, yeah, Chi-Chi's in this movie. We'll just put her here <laughs> for no fucking reason. As a fucking viewer, I'm like, okay, like, Master Roshi had this fucking happening spot, or, like, had the secret spot where he would train people for all this, for, like, all these years, and he comes back and it's just, like, full of people training for some tournament. It's full of the cast of WMAC Masters have just moved in, <laughs> like, that's just there to show Chi-Chi getting sucker punched in the face and have her jump kick somebody off of a boulder. Just so you can say that she's a fighter. And then Goku rolls up to her and he's like, hey, Chi-Chi, what's up? And she's like, hey, what's up? Uh, you know, I didn't want to tell you I fought. And he's like, oh, well, why not? That's really cool because I fight too. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, 
people don't understand. And that's it. And, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you fucking, I'm like, what are you fucking Batman or some shit? Like, you rich ass motherfucker and you like, do like karate on the side? Like, what is happening here? It's also implied that like, fighting is kind of a common thing in this world. Even in this tepid adaptation, like, it's it's loosely implied that everyone is kind of aware or knows how to fight in some way. Because first, first of all, this location's full of fucking people. Oh yeah. And then she's, she's like, nobody understands. By the way, tournament yeah what the yausen what the fuck is this yo yo i don't know it's likely referencing the world tournament that gets held in dragon ball and that's where lots of people have come across that's where tien and goku have a big uh confrontation goku and piccolo have fought in the world tournament krillin has everyone pretty much has it's kind of a it's a it's a weird little exhibitionary uh thing that the show will do sometimes just to kind of pair up people gotcha the toy the toysen tournament is what it is yeah in the movie yeah 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 it's called i think it's oh, what the fuck is it called in the uh show uh, it's just the the world martial arts tournament the the tenkaichi budokai there we go yeah so the games are named after it uh but yeah they they they, they meet chi chi and then uh bulma gets a reading on her fucking pke meter and they uh they, they fucking leave and, and master roshi's down in a beer that god knows where he got it from and uh this is this is where you get goku basically upside down head first you know hand standing in the back of the car and and roshi's like i have an orange move it and then he just fucking blows it up in roshi's face by accident it's funny you have you have to do something where like uh, to, to master the last part of your chi is to do two things at the same time so that means stand you know do a one hand handstand and then use your chi to blow up a fucking orange it honestly sounds like roshi's full of shit it's like to master your uh kai you need to uh do two things at once blow up this orange what is this fucking naruto when he's learning the rasengan like what are we doing here you gotta lift the droid and the pile of rocks yeah and isn't this also where roshi's like oh yeah it's airbending and the fundamentals of airbending are blah 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 air wind fire earth water go captain planet yeah (laughs) go You forgot heart, dude. Goku's got heart, man. He sure does. When your powers combined, I'm Master Roshi. Oh, that hurt me. <laughs> so so he blows up this orange in Roshi's face, and then uh, momentarily afterwards, uh, they just they fall in a fucking hole. Oh, boy. Yeah, and it's dug by this dude, Yamcha? Who is this guy? Yamcha, the worst character in Dragon Ball and in this movie. Yes, Yamcha is somehow... More useless in this film than he is in Dragon Ball, and Dragon Ball has made it a point to make Yamcha a running fucking joke. Yamcha is the first one killed in the Saiyan Saga. Um, he is routinely beaten and bamboozled by everybody. He runs away from fights. I think in the Android Saga, he's the first one to be mortally wounded. Yeah, he gets a fist through the fucking stomach. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, in the original, you know, series, not to keep going back to that, but, you know, he was a little bit more prominent of a character. He was kind of in the... In, the role he plays in this movie, while not indicative of the source material, is similar to the role he played. Uh, he had, like, a sidekick, this this floating cat character named Poir that could fucking transform into different things. Totally absent from this film. Um, you know, he, he had a crush on Bulma, and they had, like, a love-hate relationship for years. Until, you know, eventually, you know, towards the middle part of Dragon Ball Z, she just ends up having a kid with Vegeta. And that, you know, kind of puts the fizzle on that. But, yeah, he, he is, like Connor said, he's kind of like this running joke of a character where he just... Originally, when he's kind of a joke, it's more so just by circumstance of everyone being way stronger and by the end of dragon ball z it's just because he just plain sucks gotcha so they're down in this fucking hole and yamcha's like hey you want a 
get out. I got a ladder, but you got to give me your bike or whatever. And she's and Bulma's like, fuck no. And he's like, okay, see ya. And then all of a sudden, Chi-Chi's like, there's a fucking Dragon Ball close. <laughs> and I'm like, again? How is it just right there? Apparently, it's in the fucking cave. It's in the fucking cave that they fell into. It's the laziest shit ever. Like, they just, they, they, the writer put these people at different locations that are all nameless and have no reference to each other. Um, there's no context surrounding him, and he just puts a Dragon Ball at every single one of these fucking places. That's the most convenient fucking garbage writing I've ever seen. So then Roshi jumps out of this hole because they can't get out, right? They can't climb out or anything. It's like a deep-ass hole. Roshi jumps out of it, um, and he's like, hey, Yamcha, what you need to do is throw that fucking ladder down there right now. And also, do you have any excavating equipment? And then next thing you know, Yamcha, they're all down in the hole. Yamcha's got like a fucking drill uh, a gun or some shit, and he's fucking going through the wall to find this Dragon Ball. Yamcha has no reason to help these people, too. Well, no, they promise him, like, a... Oh, they promise him, like, a per- some percentage or some shit like that? A percentage of Bulma's patent or some shit on the Dragon Balls. Uh, and they find a Dragon Ball, and then they leave. Well, I'm sorry, like, there's a lot of things in this movie we can gloss over, but we cannot gloss over this fucking scene. Because, I shit you not... They pound through the fucking earth, and they end up in Mordor. Wait a second, this is- this is the volcano? Oh, yeah. I thought they found- I- I would- if you asked me this, I would tell you that, yeah, they dug that hole, they found a dragon ball, got out of the hole, and then went to a volcano. Oh, no. I thought I just looked down for a second, and they found that ball, and then they just- you know, happenstance script right to the fucking other spot where there was another one. Yeah, and then right above them, Heihachi's throwing Kazuya into the fire because he thinks he's the, he thinks he's the demon child. Except this time, uh, it, it's fucking Piccolo getting his blood fucking pulling out of him. I had to go ask someone if this was what I think it was, and now that they've confirmed it, you might, I don't know if you feel the same way, but if these are supposed to be Cybermen, I'm furious. Uh... I actually did not have that thought, and now that you say it, I am more annoyed than I was before. <laughs> I, I was just under the assumption that these are supposed to be his fucking offspring in this, like, pseudoscience-ass way instead of the way they did it in the comic because they probably thought it was too fucking corny or too time-consuming. Why? Like, wh- how does this happen in the fucking book? Because I gotta tell you something, this shit is fucking stupid. We were actually talking about two separate concepts, and the way Piccolo reproduces is he literally vomits up a big, giant, gross egg. What? What? That sounds so much more uh, (laughs) exciting. And he puts like a portion of his energy into it. So depending on how much energy he puts into it, the more powerful the minion is. Gotcha. And the Cybermen were what Vegeta and Nappa brought with them to Earth to basically act like uh, grunts. They're basically, go take care of the weaklings and we'll take care of the strong ones. And they they basically say like, we grow these things. They're completely disposable. And these like, kind of like, they look like the the mutants from this island Earth. Okay. The the Metanula. Mutants? Yeah, that thing. Um, they're incredibly weak, um, and it's notable because they are incredibly weak, and the first one to die from these things is Yamcha. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, they just blow him up. In this, Piccolo takes his blood, puts it into some fucking chambers, and grows Cybermen, I suppose. I don't know what the fuck he's doing here. And then these Cybermen just teleport to the, to the fucking volcano, and there's like they act like putties. Yeah. They're going... I thought it was drum and cymbal, and I was like, hell yeah, baby. And it was just these fucking Cyberman putty motherfuckers, and I was like, oh. That are lit so poorly, you can't ever see one of them in the frame. They're constantly being kicked away or knocked down, and they're never lit. Yeah, no, because they look like shit, and they know it. Yeah. It's also one of those things where I was like, I thought... 
I didn't know what to expect. I thought this was going to be like some badass, like other character that they were just going to throw in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a one-off minion. Yeah, that it's like these like cavalcade of like shitty bad guys that don't serve any purpose. Well, they serve a purpose, but yeah. They, oh, oh god! And it seems like this scene only exists because someone was like, "Hey, it's been like I don't know, thirty minutes since there's been an action sequence. We might as well just add one." Yeah, I thought there was only one, and there's like a fucking barrage of these things, and like if you kill one of these things or like cut the, an appendage off or like cut them in half that would the pieces grow full creatures so for every one you kill you know two come back you know what i mean so then like the dragon ball is like across this pit of lava and these things show up they're fighting these things and then goku's like hold on i got an idea and he starts cutting one into like 10 pieces and then throws them in the lava have you ever played super mario brothers yeah but like i'm building a bridge how does that even work i don't know how does he keep throwing them uh at precise distances so they'll land you know within close enough proximity to not get burned by the lava he can feel it with his key man why are they on top of the lava and staying there is my question why aren't they sinking into the magma why didn't goku fly that's a good question too what the fuck why why didn't Master Roshi fucking throw him across the fucking pool? Listen, if we start going down that rabbit hole, we're never gonna, you know, get through the rest of this fucking movie. Yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah, Goku, he throws these bodies in after he, you know, makeshifts a fucking sword out of one of their limbs, which, you know, I'm not even gonna go into how maddening that made me. <laughs> Uh, he runs across these bodies, he steps on Kazuya's face, and he gets across, and he grabs the fucking, uh, he grabs the Dragon Ball out of this perfectly placed little pedestal in the volcano, and then up, surprise, fucking, uh, Ada Wong's there. Yep, she's like, give me the G-Virus, and she's getting about to shoot him. And she, he just karate chops her in the fucking face, and she falls in a ditch. It's so weird, though, because he smacks her down, takes the ball, and then immediately cuts back to the other side of the lake, and he's on the other side of the volcano. Uh, the, the lava lake. I guess the implication is he just ran across the bodies again before they fucking went into the lava, but honestly, like, not that I need something to make this movie better, but it could have been somewhat of an interesting scene if he had to figure out how to get back, but, yeah, no, we don't even get that. So then Chow Yun-Fat's like, Oh, all right, well, we got this Dragon Ball, but there's, we, we need to, you know, um, Goku's like, oh, I saw you die, and I saw everybody die, and this, uh, Osara's gonna kill you, and, like, I have to defeat Osara, and he's like, okay, Chow Yun-Fat's like, okay, well, we need a backup plan, not only do we need the Dragon Balls, right, because they can't get all the Dragon Balls, and they finally realize the fact that, like, Piccolo has the other fucking Dragon Balls, like, duh. Again. You're, you're, you're right next to a volcano. Throw them in the fucking volcano. <laughs> then Piccolo can't get them. Because it's the selfishness of man, dude. You know? Yeah. That's what. That's why That's why the one ring wasn't thrown in. Isildur fucking, you know, he's like, I'm going to take this for safekeeping. I'm just imagining this volcano is like where several different fictional characters meet up. Like Isildur is over on the other side just being screamed at by fucking Hugo Weaving. Throw it in! What are you doing here? We have Dragon Balls. We have a ring! <laughs> Gollum's biting off Yamcha's hand. Oh my god. <laughs> it doesn't even Yamcha doesn't even have anything. Gollum's just like eating. So so Roshi says we got we gotta go to Tyson. Yeah. Where where that tournament's taking place. Yeah. And and smash cut to, to Roshi ending up in this fucking Chinese temple or what have you. And fucking I love this town himself. Ernie Hudson. <laughs> this was as bizarre a reveal as the second G.I. Joe movie where it's suddenly like, we need to go talk to the hard master and it's the RZA? <laughs> 
from the fucking Wu-Tang Clan who trained Storm Shadow? I, I was like, this is so bizarre. And then here's Ernie fucking Hudson with, uh, like, in full Japanese robes as this teacher named Sifu Norris. Yeah. What a name. Sifu just means master, so he's Master Norris. <laughs> what, it was Chuck fucking busy? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Look, Ernie Hudson is actually great in this film. Uh, he's just a good actor. But, like, goddamn, what a fucking stupid character. Um, it's the also the weirdest place for him to show up. If I told someone who just had no idea, it's like, hey, you know Ernie Hudson is in Dragon Ball? I feel like their head would spin. You know what they could have done? But I guess the studio just thought this would be too weird. Maybe James Wan did. What if you had Corrin, the little cat guy with the fucking cane? He's like this mystical type character. You even have Ernie Hudson voice it. Fuck it. That would have been awesome. I feel like this movie and the people behind it were really freaked out by any of the kind of lovably wacky things about the source material and stay so far away from it. And honestly, a little bit of that probably would have improved the experience for me. Because if Yamcha did have a fucking floating cat, I'd be like, oh, at least that's there, cool. You could have had some fucking comedy relief that didn't feel forced. But that's that's what makes it work, man. Like, even in, like, uh, like uh, the old Japanese one from the 80s, that has all kinds of off-the-wall wacky shit, and it's basically, like, the fucking... Uh, for, apparently, it's, like, the fucking, like, the manga, like, verbatim, nearly. Yeah, and it's that one's called Journey to the West, I believe, because that's what Dragon Ball's based on. It's based on Journey to the West. Um, but, uh, yeah, none of it's present here, and all the fun stuff that you would associate with this brand that kind of is the more cheeky, uh, silly things that you'd associate with it just are just gone. They just don't exist in this universe, and it's so boring. That's the best way to describe this movie. Fucking boring. And when it's not being boring, it's being egregiously stupid. Yeah, so, so you have Ernie Hudson... And, and, and Roshi basically comes in and says, you know, oh, I was a non-believer for years, uh, but now I believe that this this uh, this blood eclipse is going to create the end of the world. And, and basically Ernie Hudson is like, okay, well, I'll, you know, I've been telling you this for years. What do you want me to do about it? And he's like, I'm going to do the Mufuba. <laughs> sounds like a Kama Sutra thing. Oh, I never did a fucking Mufuba before. You, you find out in the scene, though, that uh, the Mufuba is a deadly technique. Y you cut to this fucking martial arts tournament and, and fucking Mai's fighting Chi-Chi. And, you know, she gets the old cut across the fucking wrist and then immediately forfeits it. I'm just sitting there saying, oh, she stole her blood, right? She's going to, like, transform into her or some shit. Yep. That's what I thought, too. That's not what I thought, because that big wrote down and says, what the fuck does she need her blood for? I was just like, what? But it's just so, like, throwaway. Like, what are you going through all this trouble for? Why don't you just kill these motherfuckers? Like, <laughs> you know? And here's the other thing I don't get. It's like, if you're going to be, like, a Shang Tsung-type character... Like, why do you only use this ability literally once in the film? I don't know. Like, and she has her own agenda of her own to get the fucking Dragon Balls for Piccolo. But, like, again, like, what? what is this elaborate spy bullshit? And she's also, like, equally the weakest and the strongest character at any given time in the film? It, it, it's, you know, not to, not to call this movie inconsistent. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but, yeah, she she might be the most inconsistent of the whole fucking movie. So Goku shows up, and then Chi-Chi runs off, and we have more awkward dialogue. Um, uh, Yamcha and Bulma are talking in, like, some weird marketplace, and then... It, this is so fucking forced. With no build-up whatsoever, <sighs> they tease a kiss, and then they get interrupted. I'm like, you two don't know each other. No. I, this looks like a scene from fucking Double Dragon. Oh, oh, oh. 
Joe, I've already gone through enough torture today. Don't make me have nightmares. I've never, I've never seen double. I've never seen Double Dragon. Oh, we're doing that one. You gear up. Oh, I, I fucking seen it, and that's why I'm already having PTSD thinking about it. I, I own it. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And I think this is where we go outside with Roshi and, and Goku, and Roshi's like, "Yeah, watch me the harness fire and throw it into this lantern," which is oh, not something God. anyone ever does in Dragon Ball, not once. I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, like Roshi's like, "I'm gonna teach you the well." They, first of all, they say it fine. They're like, "I'm gonna teach you the Kamehameha," and I'm like, "You're saying it goofy." But then they completely change what the Kamehameha wave's supposed to do in this movie. It's only ever been used as a, as an offensive thing, and Roshi basically implies, like, ah, I can do anything. It's just your inner spirit thingamajig, man. Uh, and then he just pieces. He's like, well, see ya. Figure it out. There you go. I've told you nothing. Go ahead and do it. I have to go practice this life-ending technique now. Yeah, I have to go, <laughs> have to go practice dying. Uh, so then Chi-Chi shows up, and we have this stupid, forced, romantic thing. Okay, so is that Chi-Chi... Or is that not Chi-Chi? I don't know, because they do such a piss-poor job of, of transitioning from this to the next sequence. Well, you're not supposed to know, I guess, but, like, so much so that it's like, that was stupid. And did Mei just, like, fuck Goku or whatever? Like, what's going on here? Did Mai just stupidly help the hero of the movie, a.k.a. the one person she's fighting against, become somewhat stronger by teaching him how to use this ability? And, and that's the only reason why I think it is supposed to be legit Chi-Chi. But, like, that whole blood thing just threw me for a loop. Yeah, and Chi-Chi's like, tell you what, I'll stand five paces from you and if you can light the five lanterns you can stand by me and sniff me or something i don't even know what i'm trying to say do you get it you can put your lips on me somewhere also not to beat a dead horse but like goku at some point just tries cheating on this test which to me just like made me have to stand up and go in a different room for five minutes to process what i was watching yeah but like also like what how does that benefit anyone exactly like, by lighting this thing with a candle like, i don't know well yeah i mean that's a larger you know problem with this film but I, i'm specifically talking from the standpoint that like the goku i know not to be that guy but the goku i know would he would be just like busting his ass trying to get this done he wouldn't just be trying to find cutting corners and shit he would just do it the goku we know would sacrifice time with his son and wife so he'd get better at fighting because that's how goku actually acts <laughs> yeah 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 he's probably hanging out with the luke skywalker we actually know somewhere yeah they both like blue <laughs> <laughs> so then like he eventually gets all these lanterns lit and they kiss and I felt nothing because I'm just I'm, at this point I'm just waiting for the fucking movie to hit its crescendo so I can just go put a bullet in my mouth. Yeah because this fucking scene takes like 20 minutes and I was checking my fucking watch on that one. Nobody has chemistry in this movie they all just suck face for no reason. But like she is she's the catalyst for the Kamehameha and it's like whatever goodbye hurry up get the fuck out of the scene that is literally the only purpose of this character and that, that's a really unfortunate thing because you know this character already was kind of one-sided in the manga about basically her whole character being that you know she's in love with Goku but at least she was kind of a badass at least in the early parts of the series in this like they try to paint her as a badass but she doesn't really do anything that she comes off as aggressively weird yeah but she's just flat like there's no dimension to the character whatsoever it's like i'm a fighter i guess i'm i'm also a really rich chick i guess i kind of want to be with you goku 
I guess. Yeah, she's infatuated with him for no discernible reason. She just is. It, it Like you said, it is like Jessica Alba in fucking Idle Hands. Like, what do you see in this guy? Because he's kind of yeah, a loser. Doing? Yeah. yeah, and he hasn't taken a shower in fucking five days. Like, Well, then, you know, it cut to the next scene where... You know, Chi-Chi, not Chi-Chi, is in the hallway leaving Goku's room, and, and Bulma and fucking Yamcha both see her, and are like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then Goku comes out and is like, wait a second, huh? What? Why was she in there? And, uh, oh, whoops, she stole the Dragon Balls. Oh, God. And then, like, of course, Chi-Chi runs into the real Chi-Chi, and they fucking start duking it out. And then she, like, lights a fire. The bad Chi-Chi, like, lights a fire in a doorway. And they're like, oh, God, how are we going to get through it? And then Goku just, like, steps over it. <laughs> yeah, never mind the fact that two of the people you're with can blow air from their hands. Yeah, that too. And then Goku's just like, which which one's the real Chi-Chi? And then, like, one falls down and she's like, help me, Goku. You're my only hope. And he fucking backhands the other one down to the... He takes the first... The first plea for help at face value and just wrecks Chi-Chi. Yep. The, literally the only Goku-ish thing he does in the entire film. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I would agree. And then again, because I, this movie was PG, I have to assume, right? PG-13, I believe. Oh, wow. Well, because he's about to say, oh, shit, and then mid-sentence, she shoots him with this... This gun has all kinds of fucking things it can do, apparently. It can shoot, uh, you know, in the direction of something, create a wall of fire. It can shoot Goku and just almost kill him, apparently. Yeah, it's like that fucking Star-Lord gun. It shot him with pollen and he fell asleep. The gun adapts to whatever the plot needs. It's like, oh, well, we need to fucking give, like, a, like a, like a threatening blow to Goku. Okay, that's what the gun's shooting now. Is May's gun John Hurt? That motherfucker probably gave it to her. He gifted it to her. Here's a very miniaturized version of my doomsday weapon. It does things. I don't care. Take I'll tell you what. If you come to my party dressed as a different woman, I'll give you the gun. Was he sauced? Like, he's like, take the pistol. I don't remember when I made it, but shoot the funny man in the face. Let's be real here. He's hitting that fucking bottle the whole <laughs> way through the time continuum. Um, Clarify this for me. Kamehameha's bring people back from the dead? No. Fuck no! Okay, I didn't think so. What the fucking shit garbage is this? If he did this in the show, essentially what would happen is he'd blow a fucking basketball-sized hole in Goku's chest. <laughs> right, that's what I figured. They de they definitely do stuff where it's like they can they can transfer their key energy into another person to, you know, keep them, you know, alive. I mean, I could buy that, but the fact that he says Kamehameha is just, like, beyond me. He fucking launches it right into his chest! Uh, yeah, so Goku comes back from the dead, but not before he encounters his grandfather in the fucking Black Panther spirit <laughs> realm. The, anc the ancestral plane? Yeah, he's in the ancestral plane, and he's just like, he's like, Grandpa, Grandpa, Gohan, what are you doing? He's like, it's not your time. Mufasa's, like, behind him. We eat the grass, and then we turn into the piccolo, and then fucking Uguay's like, oh, inner peace, get the fuck out of here, you're not dead yet. <laughs> They're all there? What, Qui-Gon Jinn's there, too? You gotta train him, Obi. <laughs> Optimus Prime's there. <laughs> What's his nuts from Dungeons and Dragons is there? Um, fucking uh, it, it, Martin uh, Snails. Martin yeah, Snails is there. Snail <laughs> He's like still waiting for my resurrection. Watch out for that carpet; it's made of ooze. <laughs> Look out for the marshmallow carpet. Goku's just like looking back and forth, confused. All these different people. He's like one at a time. Slow down. Who are you again? Where'd you come from? And meanwhile, his grandpa's like, I I'm just trying to s give this important advice. Up, oh, he's gone. He's never gonna get that. Yeah, thanks, guys. That's what we're here for. Bye. So yeah, then he comes back because he gets fucking Kamehameha back into existence. So Piccolo has all of the Dragon Balls, and he's at like Mount. Fuck 
fucking Dragon Ball, apparently, and, like, sp- puts them all into, like, these the these places. There's no place like that, right? No. It could be done anywhere. It can be done on your fucking bathroom floor. I was gonna say, like, you're sitting in the bathtub, and you just got, like, a fucking a bag full of the Dragon Balls, and you fucking make the wish. Anyway, so he's, like, putting them all into, like, these, um hollowed out things on this pedestal and it and it like grows like a fucking spirit tower from fucking breath of the wild and he fucking gets shot up into the air and like i don't know what happens like this stone uh canopy like engulfs them and then like turns into like a dragon tower and then what? Yeah, and and meanwhile, the fucking other group of Goku with Yamcha driving this fucking Hummer, it, it's trying to catch up. And while this is all going on, it's almost like you know, like earthquake or some shit. Like the ground's coming out from under them, and and again they crash this fucking car. But this time, oh, Yamcha's car has like jet boots or has like uh something that allows it to fly it's like a fucking first of all it's like a flying hummer and like they fly off this cliff and then like the the wheels turn underneath and then it's just got like it's like a hovercraft almost with like fucking jet boosters coming out of the fucking wheels and and meanwhile you got roshi in the back with this fucking pot he got from ernie hudson like trying to do everything in his power not to drop it And it don't look good at all. Um, and then like Goku just shows up in his fucking anime in his his, his classic orange and blue gi. I'm like, you didn't earn that, you fucking son of a bitch of a movie. No, and it's like not even the full thing either. He's like wearing like black pants. What's up with that? Well, before he puts that on, there's this scene where like the Hummer's floating in the air and Piccolo's in the middle of doing this chant. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the formuoli. And he fires a, you know, they they exchange key blasts and it's this huge explosion in the side and it blows the fucking tower up and it, and it knocks the Hummer into the ground. And again, somehow that pot survives. Dragon Balls go all over the place. This this scene is incomprehensible at times because there's just shots of them against some brown fucking uh, rocky background throwing uh, gusts of air at each other. And then, yeah, like you guys said, Goku gets his the movie version of his fucking gi. And, it you know, I guess it kind of looks like it, but not really. It's got this fucking belt on it that I've, that's definitely not in the anime. <laughs> okay, so this following sequence made... If I wasn't bleeding on the brain, I was really surprised. Um, because this is where we get the movie's alleged twists that it should be slapped over. Um, I don't know how they reference this, but Piccolo's like, Hi, you're Ozuru. Yeah, okay, drop, this, drop some knowledge bombs on me, because the way the movie describes this is... Hi, I'm Piccolo, and um, I don't need the Dragon Balls because you're my fucking cohort, uh, Asaru. And he's like, what? I'm a wolfman ape thing? Shit. A Saiyan isn't even mentioned in this fucking movie, by the way. Well, like we were talking about earlier, like I brought up with the whole thing with the moon. It's just like, it's an early plot point in Dragon Ball where it's like when Goku sees the moon, he turns into a great ape or uh, Ozaru. Uh, and uh, he doesn't remember it when it happens, and everyone else pays the fucking price. Yeah, and actually, in the original series, he kills Grandpa Gohan because he turns into the great ape and kind of just goes on a rampage and doesn't even realize he did it. Well, that's more... That's way more um, compelling than what this what happens in this film. <laughs> another another thing, a note here, just for the people that, that don't know anything about Dragon Ball, which I feel like it's so popular that... I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's some people, but the majority of people probably know this, but... Uh, 
you know, they're huge. I call, they call them great apes because they're fucking, ta- they're like Godzilla. They are massive. The Saiyan race, which, they don't even mention that Goku crash landed in a fucking pod. Like, if they do, they mention it real fast and never go back to it. It is. Piccolo does say that. He's like, you're a fucking alien. You crashed here and your grandpa, Superman. Right, but in this movie, it's just like, yeah, you, you came here because you're my minion and you came here 18 years ago and on your 18th birthday is when you're gonna have this transformation. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't turn into a giant ape. He's, he's not this giant thing. He's literally, like, he's the fucking werewolf from, like, Howling 2 or some shit. Yeah. He's like a half-assed fucking werewolf CGI garbage thing that's, like, not even that much bigger than Gohan is. He's just, like, a regular man-sized CGI atrocity. Yeah, and it's there for, like, a minute. You only see it for, like, a, a couple scenes, and he doesn't, like, do anything. Yeah, it's supposed to be this big kind of horrible thing that could happen to Goku where he could lose control, and Piccolo's like, Mwahaha, my master plan! come to fruition and then Goku in his like Ozuru form kind of sort of maybe chokes Roshi to death uh no Roshi's already dying and that and like he's just got like his hand around his throat right because he he fires the Mafuba at Piccolo and and they have kind of a bit of a struggle and then Piccolo fires an energy beam at Roshi which which kind of disrupts it and then do the just the stress of it all Roshi's already in the process of dying yeah and then after Roshi dies Goku just fucking turns back to a human or what he turns back to justin chatwin he's like there i've overcome this horrible thing that we've been building up for an hour yeah like i don't know it's fucking stupid and then he has this moment where he's like i am goku i am ozuru i must do two things at once i must be two to be one I don't know. There's a scene where he fucking hits Piccolo with something and the fucking yell that comes out of James Marsters is hilarious. He's like, and he's falling down a fucking mountain. Uh, I didn't actually laugh, belly laugh in this movie until the Kamehameha wave happened. And then (laughs) I lost my fucking mind. Oh my god. Because like Goku fucking rears back. I'm like, here it is. Here comes the big old infamous beam struggle that Dragon Ball is known for. And then he goes, Kamehame. And then he <laughs> levitates off the ground. <laughs> yeah, but like right before that, too, he's like, he's like, you don't understand, Piccolo. The first rule is that there are no rules in this movie because I can do whatever the fuck I want based on what the fuck happens next. And Piccolo should be like, what are you talking about? I feel like I'm missing some context here. And then blam, Kamehameha wave. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's what my grandpa told me anyway. Not only is it the Kamehameha, but he he fucking fires it all. There's there's this, all this like air blowing his fucking hair and shit, and there's this blue energy. It looks like it would smell the way that mouthwash does. It looks like a fucking five five gum commercial. It does. <laughs> well, he fires this beam off, and, and it intercepts Piccolo's. But not only does it hit his beam, there's no clash or anything. It just Goku then flies through the air. <laughs> And, and just, like, the beam follows him, and then he crashes into Piccolo, and that's it. That's it. He just beats him. He beats him in, like, two moves. <laughs> yeah, but but what's up with that? Like, it, it's isn't it supposed to be, like, a big energy blast? The problem is, in the original Dragon Ball, and they're tr- you know, the little bit they're trying to reference, I think, is that when he beats Piccolo, King Piccolo, this version of Piccolo. I picked up on this too. He he he's he's still like a kid, right? He he gets beat so bad that he just uses the last bit of his energy to just fly into Piccolo head first, and he fucking flies through his stomach f- with his fist out and blows a hole through his stomach. He puts a Goku-sized hole in Piccolo's chest. Oh man! I, again, I I probably giving this movie too much credit, but that's what I think they're going for. But they also have been building up to, for lack of a better term, this Kamehameha, and 
they, I guess they just combined the two ideas, or they just thought, hey, it would look cool if he flew in the air and did this. Like, I don't know what the fucking logic was. There's not even a reason, or like, there's no reason, rhyme or reason as to why he decides to fly at that moment too. Like, it's you're you're shooting a projectile, you can stay away. Yeah. So so, so then he he does this. He defeats Piccolo. Uh, my fights fucking Bowman. Bowman just like doesn't really do much and then Yamcha shoots her in the back because she gave Yamcha her gun it's not Ugh. worth going into it really isn't they they basically are like shit you know we beat him uh we we stopped the fucking the the Ozaru and uh but Roshi's dead what are we gonna do and Goku's like well we have the we have the wish yeah grab the balls because here we go grab them dragon balls and then Goku suddenly knows this whole fucking speech to summon Shenlong, it, it's... Well, it's the poem his grandpa always said to him, Connor. Yeah, yeah. But even, like, through the movies, like, I don't know that fucking stupid poem by heart. When the fucking dragon comes out, it looks like shit. Oh, my God, I was fucking... If I, if I wasn't already having a heart attack, I was now. It's like you couldn't even, like, basic designs you couldn't get right. And this thing comes out... Well, you want to know the sad fucking thing about this? When they, I was reading that apparently when they when they originally did this movie, there was a, a scene that was cut where the the actor Chris Sabat, who does the voice for the the English version of this dragon, actually has some dialogue. <gasps> does it really? I'm so mad. And they just they, they didn't use it. That would have been it, again a sliver of something to sink my teeth into. Um, but now this dragon shows up and it's all, it's obscured by light. You can barely make it out, and what you can see is just this fucking CGI abomination. And Goku's like, "Bring back Master Roshi. Goodbye." suspense and tension yeah but it's just a big gold like blob like it, it just looks so stupid and the fucking dragon from the from the show is so fucking cool like why couldn't you just do that there's a whole bunch of aesthetics that go into some of the dragon too like the sky turns fucking black and then this thing shoots into the sky and it's huge and this thing's like the size of the tower that they're on barely barely uh yeah and then they bring roshi back and that's that's that more or less it there's an extra scene with goku and chi chi and they're fucking sparring um and uh it does like the rocky 2 fade out because they had the audacity um and then there's a post-credit sequence where piccolo opens his eyes presumptuous sequel that didn't have a fucking chance in hell of happening uh the balls get like dispersed again and they're like you ready to go find him again and they're like yup it just reminds me of the ending in D&D with fucking them with snails and it's yes. like the, he has yes. the little memorial for him and then it's like oh the gods have spoken but thank god Profian didn't open his eyes inside a fucking dragon's <laughs> belly yes this is true because like what even is this post credit scene it's like I'm sorry we got I know you just said it but I gotta talk about it because like it's again where are we? It's like feudal Japan again. And like this chick's making like miso soup and she brings it into Piccolo and uh he's like in a bed with a blanket over him and she like pulls the blanket back and he and he's and she like puts like a wet towel on his head and he just turns over and then that's it. Are they supposed to like imply if a sequel ever got made that he's going to be turned good by this woman or some shit? I don't know, like he, like Goku knocked the shit out of him so now he's a good guy? Also, like Goku didn't A didn't stop to check if this like world-ending villain was actually dead and B just fucking left him there? Yeah, like but he was like in like fused to the ground, but uh were the, were the producers of this film just like, "Yeah, when this makes all the money, we're going to we're gonna bring Vegeta in, and then like have like a teaser at the end of that one for Frieza, maybe. We don't know. Oh, some fucking that cigar came out, and somebody was like, 
Uh, this is gonna bring all the fucking kids in. Cartoon Network, you all, it, it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna make fucking gangbusters. I bet my left hand that if they ever got to the Frieza saga, he would have literal ice powers, because that's how little the people oh, making these movies oh understand the source material. I wish I had freeze power so I could just freeze my fucking head after this movie. <laughs> and then and then smash it? Yeah, exactly. I wish I could take the fucking writer of this movie and encase him in ice and then bury him somewhere. Oh, boy. Where are we putting this, fellas? Uh, is it, is, do we even need to ask? Uh, uh, well, yes, because I have a special place this fucking movie is going. It's very appropriate. Um, I'm, I am opening up the dead zone and I'm throwing this fucking movie in there with Garlic Jr. And so we can sit there and just rot for all eternity. <laughs> Like, I don't fucking care, and hopefully no one goes and opens it up and lets him out where he has a small arc after the Frieza saga that nobody cares about. Yeah, like, this is one of those films that I feel like people are going to be like, oh my god, why did you do Dragon Ball Evolution? It's so bad. It's just, it's one of those things where, like, when we were talking about it, I, I feel it was like, it was like, is it that bad? Like, none of us had actually seen it. See, that was the whole thing. That was that was the that was the cachet of this episode. And it was like, fuck it, let's let's go for the gusto here. Let, let, f- f- let's do it again. Like somebody who's not like super up on the lore and shit. Like this is just not a good way to kill two hours. Like it's just it's boring. I think that's the biggest sin it commits. It's just fucking boring. The it's all over the place. It doesn't know what it wants to be, and it's just fucking trash like uh, 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 expensive trash is what this is it is a serious crime that you took uh, a property where people get so angry and they scream so loud their fucking hair turns color uh, and they can like karate chop a planet in half uh, and you took that and you made it the most boring slog of a movie you possibly could it should be fun even if it was fucking you know 90 minutes of people just again doing that yelling at each other and turning different colors and fucking blowing holes in people like i would want to see that and and that's that that is the biggest problem with this movie because there are much better fan films out there just go on youtube and look for them what i would suggest to people if if you really want to get into the series start with the first episode uh you know pick up the original manga uh, you, honestly, you can go on fucking Viz's website and you can read the first three chapters for free. Um, you know, watch one of the original movies. You know, I, I'll suggest fucking the the one with Gogeta. I don't Fusion Reborn. Uh, watch the fucking new one that just came out that everyone's raving about. You know, give Dragon Ball Super a try. Or if you don't want to make the commitment, watch Battle of the Gods. It's really good. Watch Dragon Ball Z abridged, and if you're a Laps fan or someone who doesn't know, it's a short, comedic approach to Dragon Ball Z, and it's so easy to fucking digest, and it's good throughout. Or, or, or if you want the, you know, the real deal, watch Kai. You know, Dragon Ball Kai. Pe- people shit on Dragon Ball Z Kai because it cuts a lot of the filler episodes out, but to me, it's like. You want to watch 350 episodes, or do you want to watch 150 episodes? <laughs> it's also it's also got some uh, <clears throat> stolen music. Yeah, well, you know that's an unfortunate thing that had to happen, but you know it's 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 the condensed version. Um, with that all said, you know w- what else could I really say? This movie gave me fucking brain damage. This is going in the dumpster. Jeez. <laughs> uh, as a super fan, you couldn't <laughs> fuck me over any more than you did with this film. I I don't sound as angry as I did with like a D- Dungeons and Dragons or House of the Dead because it's uh, it might actually be worse than those movies because those movies had some entertainment value because they're so cheesy. But I just I have a different level of of. Uh, hate for this film disdain yeah disdain's the word <laughs> thank you joe 
uh, that, you know, while my voice might not be conveying it, my heart is. And uh, I'm going to go to sleep tonight and have uh, nightmares. So thank you, Dragon Ball Evolution. Thank you, James Wong. Uh, don't need it. Don't ever want to see it again. It's at the bottom of the dumpster. It's, it's honestly, it's under the dumpster. It's buried under all the shit that I put under the dumpster and it's never, I never want to see it again. You hear that Ben Ramsey? Go fuck yourself. So that's it. That's Dragon Ball Evolution from 2009 directed by James Wong. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. My father found that Prometheum orb 20 years ago, and you stole it from me last night. I'm not leaving here without it. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a Dragon Ball. Sushinchu, four-star ball. I promised my grandfather I would keep it safe, so I'm not letting anyone take it from me. Four stars. Prometheum orb has five stars. Who's the idiot? Look at it. We'll be right back.